unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be a final review of OTAs and Minicamp 2023. What's up, guys? This is Evan McPherson, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Cincinnati Bengals fans, I'd like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. So although the Bengals are on summer break right now, it's all going to heat up on July 26th. All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about minicamp. We're going to kind of say goodbye to the spring workouts. Bengals are done with them. They had three OTA practices, three minicamp practices. Coach Taylor kept it pretty simple and short this year. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. He wants to get everyone to the starting gate in one piece, not beat up these guys and have crazy injuries during OTAs and minicamp. The Jets had a couple injuries during their workout, so that's something that the whole league is probably taking note of and saying, hey, we don't want to be those guys. We know we have a Super Bowl-caliber roster here. Let's save most of the intense on-the-field stuff for training camp. We buckle down for those six weeks, we get ready for week one, and we just take off from there. So I like the philosophy of Coach Taylor with preserving these guys, and I'm sure the players appreciate it too. So the Bengals are going to be heading into five weeks off, which is good for them. You know, you can rejuvenate, you can rest up, you can heal any minor tweaks, and then you get ready for the big deal. Training camp starts on July 26th. They have a couple interesting things going on this year. They head back together weekend a couple days later, and that's when they do, you know, all the festivities at the stadium and all the fans come. It's kind of like the first time we're seeing the Bengals on the field and in the stadium in like a public atmosphere like that. They're going to do a joint practice with the Packers. I'm not really a fan of those joint practices. They usually end up with a lot of fights. You're starting to hit guys in other uniforms as opposed to your own, so I get the philosophy behind that. I just hope it stays clean, not like Aaron Donald last year trying to kill people with his helmet, and I'm hoping that no one gets injured in it, of course. Then they're going to have 10 practices open to the public and four other practices that are for season ticket holders and private reservations and things of that nature. So that's cool. Like Everybody can get to go to most of the practices, and then the people that invest the most financially into the team get a little bit of a bonus and get to attend four practices that the general public does not. So I, th- I think that's pretty cool. I think it inspires people to want to be season ticket holders. I think that's smart of the front office. Hey, we have exclusive events for season ticket holders. Hey, you can vote on the Ring of Honor if you hold a season ticket. You can come to these private workouts if you hold a season ticket. So really not a whole lot to talk about on the field. You know, it's nice seeing these highlight reels from practice. You see a couple plays here and there. You're catching news on a daily basis from all these outlets because the Bengals are back on the field, or at least they were for these last few weeks. Burrow's looking sharp and focused. He's kind of picking up where he left off with the adjustments that he made from last year. That's what I'm hearing. So like any progress that they made over the course of last year and things that they improved over the year, it seems like he's picking up right where he left off. And you wouldn't expect anything less from Joe Burrow. And they asked him what he was going to be doing during the five weeks off. And he said that's not really the time to take off. It's the time to ramp up things mentally, put in some serious workouts physically, and get ready for you know what we're hoping is going to be our Super Bowl championship season. Then you have Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Reds practice and hitting four home runs. I mean, when you're a superior athlete, I guess it just crosses over into any sport. And he hasn't swung a bat since eighth grade, he said. And he wasn't even sure if he could hit the ball over the fence. So that's always a satisfying feeling. I mean, there's nothing like in baseball when you put one over the fence. 
And to see our quarterback doing that was really exciting. It was all over social media, got a lot of attention, and rightfully so. Me, as the protective Bengal fan, I almost wish he wasn't out there swinging a bat. I, you really, I mean, it's hard to hurt yourself swinging a bat, but be careful of the oblique. You don't want to mess up your elbow or your shoulder, but obviously nothing happened. He had some fun. It was good for PR, and he got to show that he is a world-class athlete, which, of course, we all knew already. On to some other players. Jamar Chase is working on beating double coverage, working on his go routes, just consistently trying to get better. You know, rather than saying I'm one of the top three receivers in the league, he's going in and saying, what do I need to improve, which is all good stuff. Tyler Boyd missed, I think, the first week of voluntaries, but then he was back in action. I think he was spending time with his daughter, which he's allowed to. You know, he's a veteran. He's put in a lot of time with his team. And I don't worry about Tyler Boyd missing a step at all. Drew Sample had some nice things to say about Irv Smith, saying that he, out of the last three tight ends, Uzama, Hayden Hurst, and Irv Smith, he's saying that Irv Smith looks the most fluid. I don't know if it's recency bias or helping out your teammate or just totally true, but it's nice of him to say that, and I'm encouraged. I want to see Irv Smith get out there and have a monster year. If he stays healthy, Joe Burrow is going to find him, and he's going to put up big numbers. Offensive line, Orlando Brown is embracing the leadership role. He's, he's really popular in the locker room already. He's grasping the playbook. Jonah Williams is starting to get back into action. Lyle Collins is, get, is working out and has a timeline for his return. He's pushing the sled around a little bit, so that's all good stuff. Jackson Carmen's been taking the first reps at right tackle while Jonah and Collins get right. And, you know, that's one of our biggest mysteries going into the season is what's going to happen at that position. And my theory is it's probably going to be Jonah starting there. I mean, he is technically the best player unless Carmen continues on what he did last year and takes a little bit of a jump. And what I think they're going to do with Collins is they're going to protect a roster spot and put him on the six-week pup list. And that way they'll be able to keep an extra offensive lineman. If someone goes down early in the year, you know, they'll have an extra body there. And then I think they're going to bring Collins back in week seven. And the big mystery is, do you put Collins in right away as a starter? Or do you let Jonah play? I mean, these are questions for far in the future. Anything can happen. I guess it's going to depend on how well Jonah's playing. If there's chemistry on that line and he's just dominating, then Collins will probably be the backup. If Jonah's struggling a little bit or adjusting to that side, then maybe Collins comes right in and plays. But we don't know what's going to happen. It could be Jackson Carmen for all we know. But these are fun things to talk about. You know, it doesn't really matter right now, but it's still fun to hypothesize about who's going to be our starting right tackle. I mean, if we hung out, I probably could talk to you about it for 20 minutes, but I'm not going to take up too much airtime on it. I think I may have already. And then defensively, I haven't really heard much. They're saying that Jordan Battle is really grasping the NFL and the playbook and, you know, getting used to his role back there as a safety. So look for him to fight Nick Scott for that starting position. They're saying that Cam Taylor Britt is looking really sharp. And, I mean, he had a monster rookie year. And if he can just not have that sophomore slump and continue as he was playing, we're going to have ourselves a great player at corner. And, you know, we, we drafted DJ Turner high there as well. They're saying Awuzie is scheduled to possibly return opening day. So corner is looking good right now. DJ Ivy, they said, made an interception in the red zone at practice that turned heads. So let's just hope that all these guys are healthy and working out because you know the way this NFL is. It's a passing league. The AFC is loaded with great quarterbacks. You just want to have as many guys as possible back there and prevent teams from throwing all over you. And, I mean, it starts with the pass rush up front. It starts with stopping the run. But you do need to have a lot of quality corners, and it's looking like that's what Mr. Tobin has done. He's assembled a pretty good corner group. Again, stay healthy, and we're going to be in really good shape this year. Then special teams, they're saying McPherson's looking sharp. I think he hooked one at practice, and then he hit a 60-yarder right after it. So 
we have no worries about Evan McPherson here. You know he's going to win a bunch of games for us. You know you can put him out there in the key moment. You can put him out there to win the Super Bowl with a 53-yarder, and he's the guy, one of the guys in the league that I would most want to see in that position. Devin Cochran looks like he injured his knee during OTAs, which is unfortunate. When you're a player on the cusp like that, on the bubble, you don't know if you're going to make the squad. He was a practice squatter last year. It's tough to have that kind of injury now. I don't know the status of it. I don't know how severe it is, but it's a setback for a guy that's really struggling to make the team. So, again, you want to see all of our players succeed. And, Devin, I'm pulling for you. I hope the injury's not bad. And if it is, I hope that you heal quickly, my friend. And then Nick Scott has the shoulder injury and he wasn't able to participate in OTAs or minicamp, but that's okay. Let him heal up, be ready for training camp. I think he's on target for that. I didn't actually know that he was hurt when we signed him, but you know the Bengals obviously believe that the injury was minor and that he would be ready, so that's what it's looking like. But now that gives Jordan Battle a little bit of a chance to battle him for that starting position. Then there was a quick blurb on Jalen Moody on the Bengals' website. And, you know, he's a linebacker that we took as an undrafted free agent, but he was one of the 30 guys that we brought in for an interview. He was supposed to be drafted, but he broke a bone in his foot at his pro day. So he could be one of those hidden gems. And linebacker is one of those positions where you can be undrafted and make the team. I always go back to your Vinny Reyes and, of course, Vontez Perfect. So that's about it. I'm going to end this episode with a few quotes. Coach Taylor was saying that we have the deepest 53-man roster since he's been here. So that's good. I mean, we have 90 players in the room right now, and it's looking like he's really happy of the top 53 of those. And it probably goes even a little bit deeper than that. So we're not going to have any problems with this roster this year. It's looking like we're jam-packed everywhere with talent, and it's all a matter of staying healthy. Jamar Chase had some funny things. They're asking him who's the best in the world, the best in the league. And he says, Pat who? referring to Patrick Mahomes, I don't know, a little bit of bulletin board material there, but he was just trying to be funny. And when asked who is the best, he simply said, quote, Joe Burrow. Everyone knows that. And then on to another one of my favorite topics, Joe Burrow's press conferences. He's always cool. He always has the right answer. He's confident, but not cocky. He just rolls through. He's so smooth with these interviews. And again, it's a lot of it's his personality. And for him being in the spotlight and being adored from an early age and being put on a pedestal at a very young age, he's very capable of doing these interviews and very used to it. But one of the things they asked was, what's his personal goal? And Joe says, being the best in the world. I think that's always been my goal. You know how hard it is to be the best in the world at anything? You know, anything that you're skilled at, you might be the best around, you might be the best in your town, the best in your family, the best in your county, the best in your state, the best in your region. You know, just think about it, the best in the world. And these NFL quarterbacks that we're looking at, you know, your Joe Burrows, your Mahomes, those guys are the best in the world. You know, there's there's no quarterback in Argentina that's going to be better than the NFL guys because, you know, that's what our country does. We... we breed football players and these guys have been playing since a young age so Joe Burrow has a very good chance of being the best football player in the world but he says Mahomes is the best quote unquote he's the one to knock off right Mahomes won the Super Bowl Mahomes is the NFL's poster boy we all know what Joe Burrow is and Joe Burrow right now is saying all right he's got me right now but not for long All right, two more things out of Burrow. They asked him about his contract, and he said, I've given you guys all the info I'm comfortable with sharing at this time. 
Great answer. That closes the door on that topic. You can't reopen it and someone ask them a follow-up to it. That basically said, you got everything out of me right now. I'm not talking about it anymore. But he said it in a graceful, cool way. Don't worry about his contract. That's going to get done. The Bengals are probably just like, how much you want? And that's how I would be. I mean, they're obviously not going to pay him $70 million a year. That's unheard of. They're going to pay him based on the market value. But I believe when he gets his contract done, it will be the richest contract in NFL history. And it's deserved when you have a young player that has transformed this organization. Give Joe Burrow every dime he wants and then a little bit more. And one of the last things that he said at the press conference, which really I thought it was his best line of the press conference, he said he wants to work on incremental improvements in my game. And if you maintain discipline, you'll get to where you want to. Just take that advice into your life. You just get better and better and better at the things that you want to be good at. And you'll get to where you want. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.